Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. We are going into 34 and 35 today. We covered all of Mark yesterday, three, so we're just going to have a shorter time today. So it's nice you guys can drop in with us for this time. So um, just looking at two chapters today, maybe be a little bit less. We'll see how it goes. Um, as always, temperature pretty pretty amazing perfect um, as well. Perfect. Clear skies, perfect day for the beach. You guys that are down here on vacation, go have a fun time. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for this morning and for giving us this time together. God, we do ask that you would guide us and give us the understanding of these in, uh, interesting passages we read through Exodus. God, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, with that, let's go ahead and move into the word this morning. Exodus 34, the two tablets replaced. Now the Lord said to Moses, cut out for yourself two stone tablets like the former ones, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you shattered. So be ready by morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. No man is to come up with you, nor let any man be seen anywhere on the mountain. Even the flocks and the herds may not graze in front of the mountain. So he cut out two stone tablets like the former ones, and Moses rose up early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him. And he took two stone tablets in his hand. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Moses made haste to bow low towards the earth and worship. He said, If now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray, let the Lord go along in our midst, even though the people are so obstinate, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your own possession. Verse 10, Then God said, Behold, I am going to make a covenant before all your people. I will perform miracles which have not been produced in all the earth, nor among any of the nations and all the people among whom you live will see the working of the Lord for it is a fearful thing that I am going to perform with you be sure to observe what I am commanding you this day behold I am going to drive out the Amorite before you and the Canaanite the Hittite the Pizrite the Hivite and the Jebusite watch yourself that you make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which you are going 
or it will become a snare in your midst. But rather, you are to tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and cut down the Asherim, for you shall not worship any other god. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Otherwise, you might make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they would play the harlot with their gods and sacrifice to their gods. And someone might invite you to eat his sacrifice, and you might take some of his daughters for your sons, and his daughters might play the harlot with their gods and cause your sons to play the harlot with their gods. You shall make for yourself no molten gods. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For seven days you are to eat unleavened bread, as I commanded you, at the appointed time in the month of Abib. For in the month of Abib you came out of Egypt. The first offspring from every womb belongs to me and all your male livestock. The first offspring from cattle and sheep you shall redeem with a lamb, the first offspring from a donkey. And if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. You shall redeem all the firstborn of your sons. None shall appear before me empty-handed. You shall work six days, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during plowing time and harvest, you shall rest. You shall celebrate the Feast of Weeks, that is, the first fruits of the harvest, and the Feast of Ingathering at the turn of the year. Three times a year, all your males are to appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will drive out the nations before you and enlarge your borders, and no man shall covet your land when you go up three times a year to appear before the Lord your God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with unleavened bread, nor is the sacrifice of the feast of Passover to be left until morning. You shall bring the very first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. You should not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. Verse 28. So he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights, and he did not eat bread or drink water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Verse 29. It came about when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, that he was coming down from the mountain, that, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with him. So when Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers in the congregation returned to him. And Moses spoke to them, and afterward all the sons of Israel came near. And he commanded them to do everything that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. Verse 33, when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take off the veil until he came out. And whenever he came out, and spoke to the sons of Israel what he had been commanded. The sons of Israel would see the face of Moses and the skin of Moses. Moses' face shone. So Moses would replace the veil over his face until he went in to speak with him. Chapter 35. Then Moses assembled all the congregation of the sons of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. 
For six days, work may be done, but on the seventh day, you shall have a holy day, a Sabbath of complete rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall not kindle a fire or in any of your dwelling on the Sabbath day. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, and blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, and a ramskin dyed red, and porpoise skins, and acacia wood, and oil for lighting, and spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, the onyx stones, and the setting stones for the ephod, and for the breast piece. Verse 10. Let every skillful man among you come, make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, its tent, and its covering, its hooks, and its boards, its bars, and its pillars, and its sockets, the ark, and its poles, the mercy seat, and the curtain of the screen, the table, and its poles, and all its utensils, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand also, for the light, and its utensils, and its lamps, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense, and its poles, and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense, and the screen of the doorway at the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, with its bronze gratings, its poles, and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hanging of the court, its pillars and its sockets, and the screen of the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle, and the pegs of the court, and their cords the woven garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron and the priests, the garments of his sons to minister as priests. Verse 20. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work of the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. Then all those whose hearts moved them, both men and women, came and brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and bracelets and articles of gold and did every man who presented an offering of gold to the Lord. Every man who had in his possession blue and purple and scarlet material and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red and porpoise skins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver and bronze brought the Lord's contribution. And every man who had in his possession acacia wood or any work of the service of it. And all the skilled women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet material and in fine linen. And all the women whose heart stirred with a skill spun the goat's hair. And the rulers brought the onyx stones and the stones for setting of the ephod and for the breastpiece and the spice and the oil for the light and the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. The Israelites, all that men and women whose heart moved them to bring material for all the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be done, brought a free will offering to the Lord. Then Moses said to the sons of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him the Spirit of God with wisdom in understanding and in knowledge and in all craftsmanship to make designs for working in gold and in silver and in bronze and in the cutting of stones for setting and in the carving of wood. 
so as to perform in every inventive work. He has also put in his heart to teach both he and Oholiab, the son of Ashimach, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver and of a designer and of an embroider in blue and in purple and in scarlet material and in fine linen and of a weaver as performers of every work and makers of designs. Think about that for a minute. How amazing these people were in the men and they had the, the skill to do all this in the desert. But I want to back up a little bit. Um, let's remember that the people had sinned with the golden calf. Remember, they took off their earrings then of gold and Aaron fashioned it into this bull god for them, which caused, I mean, the greatest sin in one sense that they had, that they would commit. It is a complete rejection of Yahweh as Yahweh had presented himself. And they wanted to recreate Yahweh in their own image, in their own idea, uh, or, or mix him with their other gods. They wanted kind of a more of a pantheistic view of God. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, we, we have our Egyptian gods. We're going to kind of combine you, make you into something that he was not. They wanted something to look at. They wanted, they wanted a, a man to lead them, to be their redeemer that they could see. They, they were not willing to follow by faith and by the words of that were given to them. And so they, they have this horrible rebellion, which causes Moses to smash the tablets. Now he goes back up. He's over 80 years old, and he's got to ship out his, his own tablets and then carry the tablets up the mountain. Ever think about that? I mean, maybe they were really thin. I'm thinking hopefully they were they had flagstone or something and he could take them up. But think how heavy they could have been. And he's over 80. Now, of course, physically, he's in really good shape because uh, he lives very long. But uh, he's still got to do all this and go back up the mountain. God takes those tablets and he, he rewrites the Ten Commandments. But what is Moses' heart in all this? Moses is like receiving the law again, but the whole preoccupation with Moses is what God had said. Here, I'm going to give you the law, and you guys go ahead. Just follow the law. You don't really want me to be with you? Just go on your own. And Moses said, we can't make a step, one step without you. And he's still, again, pleading, God, don't leave us. We can't make it without you. He's interceding for the people. And so God then reestablishes the covenant with them after this enormous sin and this horrible thing that the people had done. And so, yes, they broke the law. Moses broke the tablets to show the people what they had done. But now grace is being poured out. God says, all right, I'm going to give you another chance. Now bring the word back to them. Tell them this is the law. And these are the things that you will do. And if they will do these things, I'll be their God. And I will guide you and I will bless you and bring you into the land. And what's he going to do? Now, after they had created their own image to worship, God says, now I'm going to give you the real, the real thing to worship. He, he kind of shatters their whole concept of what it was to worship divinity. And it wasn't going to be anything they could identify per se. They were going to worship before the tabernacle, bring their altar bring their sacrifice before the, the tabernacle. And the people could not enter into the tabernacle, behind the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies. That was the where the 
the glory of God would then dwell uh, over the mercy seat. And they were to understand that this was how God operated. God's kingdom was behind a veil. You could not just, he was not going to manifest himself in our uh, dimension. He has, he was spirit. He did not have form. And so they are now invited to work themselves to create this tabernacle. He invites them to come minister before him and make these things. He, he, they become participants in the worship of Yahweh and are able to use their skills to make this incredible structure. And you notice everything is, is talked about. As, you know, let those people come forth and to make the sockets and those people that can make the, the, the boards and people that can make the, the coverings, bring all the material. Every one of those things was specifically used or they were designed or they were uh, intended, probably be the best word. They were intended not only to be functional, but to be representative of something prophetic, of something of the coming Messiah, of something beautiful. There was a lesson in everything that these people were to be making. And as you read and you do a study into the structure of the tabernacle, it's quite astounding, quite amazing how everything represents something, the gold, the deity, the brass, the judgment of God, the fire that would come up and judge sin. And of course, we have the the animal and the sacrifice and the forgiveness of sin and how man could come before a holy God. Now, he had to come by the blood and by the sacrifice. But man could not enter in himself. But he, but by the act of the high priest, the one who intercedes on behalf of man, then their sins could be forgiven. All of this representative of Jesus, the book of Hebrews, and him being our high priest. And as well, the, the sacrifice that will bring in forgiveness. So it's a beautiful study in the book of Exodus of the tabernacle. And this is why it's so detailed. But all of this is bringing the people back into worship. And this is, he's telling them, this is real worship. To worship in spirit and truth. To follow his words, to obey the words, but to worship him in spirit. And not like the pagans did. Not for the benefit of the flesh and not to see and to try and follow after vain idols. This was a God that was holy and invisible. And so it was a completely different way of doing things. Okay, now we'll jump over to Charles Spurgeon for today. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Psalm 115.13. This is a word of cheer to those who are of humble station and mean estate. Our God has a very gracious consideration for those of small property. Small talent, small influence, small weight. God careth for the small things in creation and even regards sparrows and their lighting upon the ground. Nothing is small to God, for he makes use of insignificant agents for the accomplishment of his purposes. Let the least among men seek of God a blessing upon his littleness, and he shall find his contracted sphere to be a happy one. Among those who fear the Lord, there are little and great. Some are babes and others are giants. These are all blessed. Little faith is blessed faith. Trembling hope is blessed hope. Every grace of the Holy Spirit, even though it be only in the bud, bears a blessing within it. Moreover, the Lord Jesus bought the small and great with the same precious blood, and he has engaged to preserve the lambs as well as the full-grown sheep. No mother overlooks her child because it is little. Nay, the smaller it is, 
the more tenderly does she nurse it. If there be any preference with the Lord, he does not arrange them as great and small, but as small and great. Hmm. Beautiful. Uh, you know, the Bible says that there's not many wise, not many mo- noble, not many strong. And in, in that sense, it's agreeing. There's not many that are great and strong um, and mighty. God uses the weak things of the world confound the wise. It is a beautiful thing that the Lord does, because most of us would think of ourselves as not mighty, not strong spiritually. We know how easily we fail, but yet Charles Spurgeon is reminding us here that he cares tenderly for the weak, and he care, all he cares about is that we try, that we love him, and that we try. We try the best we can. We ask his Holy Spirit to fill us and to guide us. And we choose by faith to walk with him, knowing our frailties. But no matter what we have, we bring it to him. Kind of like building the tabernacle. We offer it to him and say, this is, this is what I have. It's all I have. For this, I want to worship. I want to come before you with my whole heart. And, uh, and we ask for his strengthening, and his ability to guide us. And he does amazing things. Good thought for today. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for a beautiful, beautiful morning here. We pray that also up in the north and different places where people are, they have a they have a day that's that's nice, God. That's not overwhelming with the cold or the snow or the rain. But God, give us um, a day that we can serve you and grow ever closer to you and our desire, God, to be your servants. You are gracious and you do use us in our weakness. So we thank you for that. No matter what we're going through, we do ask that you would be magnified in us and glorify yourself through us. Thank you for many people like Madi Molina who went through surgery and in the whole process of her surgery, she wanted to glorify you and uh, be a witness for you and was. And so we thank you for that. Maria Elena, also with her cancer, um, thinking as well as Nabil and Susie still themselves with all of the, the various health issues they've got to go through, still maintaining this strong position of faith and loving you to their neighbors, people in church. These are the, the people, God, that you choose to use. And we thank you for their examples to us and continue to use them, God. We thank you for pastors with mighty gifts of teaching, some of our heroes, some of the people that are on TV and have such strong ministries, God. We know that within their churches, within their ministries, you are using those who just are, in the world's eyes, small, that are praying for them, and those that have gifts of faith. And Father, we know that you use the people that nobody ever sees in your kingdom so very in very special ways. So we pray, we pray God, that you do that. Continue to be building up our church here in the same way. Use the people that aren't seen. Build them up, God. Use them for your kingdom. Be glorified through them. Be glorified in all that we do here, God. Pray for the men's conference coming up down south. Pray for the VBS planning. Pray for service tonight and Wednesday. And that, God, your word would continue to move people in that direction of drawing close to you and and walking by faith and not being like the Israelites, so easily encumbered by the flesh, so easily falling back into immorality and and, um, drugs and uh, just the things of the world. God, we desire that you would move us in the direction of worship and true worship and into obedience to your word, but with joy. So thank you, God, for this morning. 
Uh, we pray that our, our friend our Francisco Javier was able to get his uh, surgery on his foot. We are waiting anxiously to hear that. And uh, God, we just thank you for everyone else that is getting their own treatments, Hank and Florence and different people that have that have medical treatments. Pray that they are being able to complete them and be healed completely. Uh, and, and God, just continue to keep us clean and keep us free from all these diseases. Thank you, Father. We bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. So that will do it for this morning, guys. Thank you all very much for being here. And uh, we will pick this up again tomorrow. If you get a chance, join us tonight at 630. We'll be live at church in the Book of Esther. See you then. Bye-bye.